this weekend car audio. audio. Tune in, tune in, tune in. What we talking about, bass? Talking about chips, talking about rings. You ain't got them, zip your lip. You got a problem you haven't found, check your grounds. This show about to start. Start. Tune in, 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 tune in. This weekend car audio. Welcome to This Week in Car Audio with your host, the judge, Doug Stockton. Co-host today, Mr. Team Send It Dave. What's going on, Dave? Yo, yo, yo! (laughs) How was your weekend, sir? It was great. Got to go to Reno and get out of town for a little bit and uh, end up coming by the DB Drag tent and seeing you and uh, went and competed. Uh, I didn't. My teammate did, but I was up there hanging out with Rusty Flowers and you guys, Mr. Hanky. Somebody has their uh, some volume on something behind them. I'll tell you that. I can hear it in the background. That's me. Okay. Yeah, I just muted. Sorry about that. All right. Uh, Yeah. So, how was that Reno show for you? It was good. It was good. Uh, You know, good to see the Reno folks out there build, trying to build the scene, and it turned out to a nice, a nice little get together and competition. All right. Um, I am going to start sharing this real quick. Let me get over my Sonic FX and start sharing this. Um, yeah, we did a pretty cool thing. I mean, you know, there weren't a lot of people there, uh, but um, I think we had a great time. Uh, we had a ton of new guys just trying stuff out. Uh, you know, uh, didn't you jump in and help a, a guy with some base race and stuff? Uh, yeah, I talked to a couple guys, but there was other people there. But I was mostly uh, giving tips on bracing, uh, blocking on Cyclone, um, top dog tips, um, uh, things like that. Uh, teaching little tips on base racing as far as counting down and trying to watch the meter. Never watch your, your opponent. Watch your own screen. Yeah. Uh, that's one thing I always told them all my years of base racing. And, you know, kind of gave them the little – the little tip and trick on the algorithm for the uh, top dog, you know, when you tie. Yeah. You know, how it takes your total average. It doesn't take what you're at, really, and you can shoot over quick. So anytime yes. you tie, you back off that knob a quarter, and that way you can stabilize real quick. Oh, one thing that did happen today is they opened up um, the rooms for, um, what's it called? Surf City. Uh, for Surf City today. Yeah. Did well, you get your room? Today. Yeah. So they had 37 uh, people in the first hour complete registration. Yeah. And I know that Moses, Moses Martinez was one of them. <laughs> uh, so I don't know if he was or not. Uh, I he, do. Oh, he, he yeah. did do it? Yeah. Yeah, he's got some tough stuff. If you guys know who know him and whatnot, you'll uh, – um, <laughs> Is it the first time somebody told you to turn uh, turn it down, Dave? <laughs> right. Um, uh, oh, Justin says him and I are one and one and beat the boss rematch at Mellows. Uh, he's still got to win his class to get that rematch, right? Um, yes, he does. You got to earn it. That's right. You got to earn it. Um, and it was kind of an erroneous um, beat the boss this time because nobody else was in his class, so he didn't earn that ability to play 
in my opinion, just saying. Um, anyway, uh, so uh, first thing is first, I want to say thank you to our sponsors for uh, sponsoring the uh, podcast here. If you get an opportunity to support somebody, support somebody that supports the things that you like. Uh, our sponsors, Crossfire Car Audio, Puns Customs, and our new one, Voodoo Customs. So uh, all three, uh, three of them are our current sponsors for the uh, This Week in Car Audio podcast. So I want to thank them. Uh, next thing. So we'll start by this. So I got this picture. Hold on. It's, it's the very first picture in my phone. Just going to say. Viewer uh, discretion. Now, let's see if you can see that. Do you happen to remember that picture? Yes, I do. That's here in town. That is in Las Vegas. Yep. Um, it's it, it. I'm not kidding you. Here's my phone. It is the very first picture in my phone. <laughs> um, <clears throat> uh, we all went out to a uh, a schwanky um, place to have some food. And, uh, you know, uh, you and I mean, there was there's some uh, names in that uh, photo right yeah. there. And that was just one of the two tables we had. They didn't want to let us in because we were scumbags wearing T-shirts and shorts. Yep. And it was a, a jacket and tie type of place. Yep. Uh, Gary had a little talk with the Mater D. And next thing you know, we're in there. Yep. I'm pretty sure there was some money handed back and forth. And that's what's moving <laughs> that over. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yep. Uh, let's see. Jimmy, Jimmy Locke saying, what's up, Dave? What's up, Jimmy? Um, so I want to go real quick. Part of this uh, Jerry Eastman popping in. Uh, I want to go over real quick what uh, we got coming up this weekend. So we do the West Coast finale here at the end of the season. Uh, we try to raise as much money as we can. I think we gave away $3,700 or something like that last year uh, for a single event. Um, and so we have, we're going to start doing the drawings again and, um, a hundred percent of the proceeds from the drawings are going to go to the West coast finale prize fund. So seeing rusty this weekend, he said he would love to participate. And so he is sending a pair of level one twelves to add to the drawing. So we'll have a, a pair of level one twelves. We're going to sell a dollar a ticket. Um, seven tickets for five bucks or something like that. I'll probably do two dollars a ticket. That sounds better, huh? Yeah, yeah. two dollars a ticket. I want them cross. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I mean, they are they are bottom level, but uh, like I said, it's an opportunity for somebody to get a cheap setup. Sure. Uh, there's Stephen getting in there, Stephen Talbot. Um, and then I don't want to mess up what Jeffrey told me. So. Jeffrey said, hey, Doug, can you mention that at his 3X this past Saturday in Boomington, they had 40 competitors that totaled 63 entries. They had one potential world, uh, world record that was in Freestyle Pro Stock 164. That was team uh, – it was the guys from uh, – what's it Mexico. called? From Mexico. Yeah, from Mexico. Yep. Yes, Corsa. Yes. Nice. And then um, also put a shout out to Adrian Hernandez and Robert Gallegos for putting together the event. So I just want to make sure I get that Brandy Lee popping in. All right. So our guest was in that picture. Uh, he's the owner engineer for JY Power. Um, he heard our podcast on 
sodium ion batteries. And he goes, well, I'm in the car audio world, and I do the sodium ion batteries, which I think is very cool. As you guys, if you paid attention to the last one, I think it is a very high potential uh, to do very good for the environment and also for what we do. Um, but uh, he goes, why didn't you call me? And I said, I did. <laughs> but the number I have for him is like five years old. Yep. So, uh, so that's why I couldn't get a hold of him. So anyway, so he's here to straighten it out today, Mr. Travis Young from JY Power. How's it going, Travis? Good, good. Uh, uh, we actually just finished up today with the very first production run of uh, what we have deemed as Salt MD20s. It's our kind of beta test for sodium ion batteries for the 12 volt uh, audio market. So I have, I've been running one in my car for the last couple of weeks and uh we did some smaller scale 10 amp hour testing mm -hmm. uh these are really middle of the line cells which is why they come with an mb uh if uh, i'm a very simple person when it comes to our naming uh <laughs> 80s were 80s black case 80s were black case 80s hp 40s were high power 40s um so the mds come in at what we call medium discharge uh, the cells are actually rated at 10c but we give them for the voltage we want. We know people want to see. Uh, we give them an eight C rating, uh, which so means our twenty amp hour. So our twenty amp hour uh, is in a U one case. Which actually, give me a sec. I should grab this earlier. <clears throat> While he's getting that, I just want to mention real quick the guys in Reno. We had a ton of new guys that didn't participate, but they think they're going to the next time. So. so this yep. is the size of our 20 amp hour uh roughly sodium. motorcycle size battery yes it's a this is actually exactly a uh, motorcycle battery so okay. the md20 comes in this and then also the he36 and the he36 uses a slightly different cell that isn't as power oriented and we get more amp hours but lower discharge so uh makes two really cool products with these but out of this you're able to power Anywhere from like a 2000 to a 6000 watt stereo, 2000 watt standalone, 6000 watts if you tie in your front battery and have a high output alternator. So uh, this comes in at, uh, I believe, 599 So it comes in already cheaper than most lithium options in that price range and in that power range. And it's not even the high power variant yet. The high power variant that will release later this year. Uh, will be about the same cost per amp hour, but we'll double the discharge rate. So, so what about the weight? So that's the issue with the seven pounds. Okay, so uh, comparable to lithium. Where yes, we at? very comparable to lithium. It weighs about twenty percent more than lithium, so it's still a lot less than AGM. But <laughs> there's uh, Rusty Flowers piping in from DC Audio right now. So what it be like? What it be like, Rusty? <laughs> So he says he's an really idiot. Cool. So remember, you're talking to Rusty now when you're uh, explaining batteries to us. And he, he told me at the show this weekend that I started talking to him about some of this li li or the mm -hmm. sodium ion. And he goes, no, no, no. I'm just an idiot when it comes to uh, to batteries. So he says, that's right. And like, <laughs> so that's the beautiful thing about sodium. Um, it's for everybody. Like, yes. like there isn't a compromise on safety. So, I have done. So why so sodium much... versus lithium ion potentially? 
so in your, in your mind in my mind because yeah. of safety um and okay. I, the biggest thing is safety we get very similar if not better performance but like the biggest aspect is safety and i did a live the other a couple weeks ago now um where i did some overcharge tests so we we took a cell down to zero volts i dead shorted it uh into itself and then I hooked it up to the charger, recharged it within 15 minutes to fully charged, and nothing bad happened. Um, and then we took a cell, we tried to overcharge it to 15 volts, but very reliably, the cells have an internal disconnect that disconnect the cell at about 5.2 to 5.5 volts. So the cell never gets a chance to overcharge to a point to vent. Um, okay. I've not been able to force a vent. Uh, now we have done nail puncture tests, fully charged. You will get a little bit of venting on that, but the maximum temperature is about 300 degrees. What do you mean by venting? A little bit of vapor will come out of, of the cell. Okay. So you'll hear a little, uh, and I don't know if anybody saw Brad Schulke's test. Uh, he, he did a, he did a, uh, test of an LTO cell and LTO in most conditions is a very, very, very safe cell. But if you heat them up and you overcharge them, there can be some explosive results still. And he had about a four to five foot diameter fireball come off from the single cell. Wow. Yep. Uh, and he was recharging it at a really low rate. So we have blown up about 15 of these cells at this point now. <laughs> and it comes, it's to the point where like we have some low ones out of the batch because we, we IR and, uh, Voltage match. Most That's of internal our resistance check for yep. people I didn't know what the IR. So yeah, we we match the cells together in like groups. So we don't we we do we make our balancers work less by just mm -hmm. grouping cells together that are like, uh, but ones that don't make the mix that are that are low or high, um, we blow those up most of the time, <laughs> or we attempt to blow those up because like that's we, fun. Yeah, we have people come over and like they don't expect somebody to overcharge a cell in their like test bench area we don't even go out to the garage to do it anymore mm -hmm. um that's how confident and reliable the system is so that is the biggest thing like like no matter what you do it you do to it no matter what accidentally happens to it um the worst case is your battery is probably going to be dead um now that being said battery energy storage is inherently dangerous even if the cells don't blow up and you short this out onto something that can light on fire, that's still gonna light on fire. I can't ever stop that from happening. Yeah. So uh, some of the other cool things about it are it fast charges extremely easily. And uh, so you heard me say earlier, we, we dropped a cell to zero volts and we were to fully charge within 15 minutes. The cool part about that was, wasn't the like 15 minute part, we hit 80% within six minutes. Oh, okay. So then yeah. it, it, uh, your balance or whatever trickle charges at a certain point, you get just the way the cell percent. accepts energy oh, okay. realistically um, as it comes up in voltage, because the potential voltage difference isn't right. that different. The, it starts to taper off really, really hard. So the last like three minutes you're feeding it where you were feeding it eight amps, you're feeding it like an amp. So it's just, it's just how, how cells are going to react on an alternator, on a power supply, anything with a voltage set point. Um, it's not going to have full amperage all the way up to charge voltage. 
So right. So with this uh, with this sodium technology, I know uh, one of the big things as a competitor, one of the big problems we have is we have to do battery deletes, right? Because <laughs> a lot of these uh, these type of technologies are not very uh, usable under the hood, and <laughs> so you know, is I have some strong sodium- opinions here. <laughs> I have is some there, very is there strong something, is this Is this capable with the casing that you're doing with the technology? Because nope. I know that's been a um, something that we've been looking for. That's always the question when someone has a new battery come out. Can it go into the hood? So this is where I have some very strong opinions. And uh, oh, I'm too bright now. Uh, I have some very strong opinions here. And uh, some people don't like hearing these opinions, but I just publish some data on the JY uh, Facebook on why. Um, let me see if I can send, can I send you a link and have you put this up? Um, sure, share? I can try. Let me, I just have to figure out how to do it. I, but I, I think I got, I can do it. Yeah. Um, so, hold on a second. so the problem with anything under the hood, even AGM um, <laughs> on, on a standalone basis, uh, our cars are too hot under the hood for, come on, send a messenger. Uh, <laughs> our cars are too hot in general for any kind of battery to be under the hood and be reliable. SLA is actually probably the easiest to get to live the longest. Um, because SLA? Just, yeah, the, the where you're throwing water in it to top it off. Like old oh yeah 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 monkey, so, like, yes yeah, so those are great yeah. because they uh, they need temperature to work properly yes so yes. those those actually are conducive to that environment much more okay but you, so you if you yep I just saw that um cool. uh let's see here Travis I know but I know a lot of people that's why they uh, do a battery delete because they're charging fifteen plus in the back and if you have a battery up front that only does fourteen eight it's gonna kind of you're gonna cook that battery too yeah because yeah. yeah. voltage so voltage pressure and heat are all kind of analogous to each other they're all kind of the same thing to a battery so when you're looking when for you're the picture sorry you're looking yeah. for the picture okay let me yeah let me don't put the whole picture. post up there yeah, yeah, yeah. this is a long post yeah no it was <laughs> <laughs> It's a very well explained post, but to kind of too long, didn't read it. I took a heating element. I turned it up to the same temperature that your high output alternator tends to get. And uh, we let, we hooked up a three foot uh, one out wire to a battery terminal. And it was a, it was a dummy terminal. So I measured the temperature on the backside within 30 minutes. The backside of that terminal was 155 degrees. So uh, the problem isn't, I, I can I can do everything oh. to this. Um, I can do I can insulate the shit out of this. Uh, I can make it so you can put blow torches on the side of this and it does nothing. But but that doesn't mean anything because you have a heat pipe right here going right into the battery hooked directly to the cell. So within half an hour, uh, you're gonna start cooking the cells just by having it literally hooked up by a, by that one out wire. Uh, not even thinking about any kind of temperature on the outside of that. So I always recommend battery deletes, uh, whether it's AGM, whether it's LFP, whether it's CMAX, whether even our LICs, our, uh, our lithium uh, ion capacitors, which are what our NXTs are, um, those have 180 degree uh, Fahrenheit rating, uh, max temperature. 
for 2000 hours. So you, you can get some pretty considerable life out of that. Problem is, I think you're realistically going to exceed 200. Okay. Um, hey, there it is. I got it popped up there. It shows the um, power here, or it shows the uh, 200 degrees. Yep. The 302 degrees. Um, 157.2, 155. Yep. So, yeah. And I was able to still grab that wire because uh, rubber at 150, 160 degrees isn't something your hand can't tolerate. You can grab 150, 160 degrees. Now, touching the terminal was pretty spicy because that's copper and that right. transfers heat a lot faster into your hand. Oh, so, so okay. So, so what we're seeing on this picture uh, for people that are – um, maybe just even listening to, because we put this back on as an audio podcast afterwards. Okay. So if you look up here at the glowing red, the 302 degrees Fahrenheit, that the glowing orange, yellow, whatever, uh, that's actually that heating element that you see in the lower picture. That's yep. all that is. Then you can see the wire snaking through. Underneath the heating element, it's at 201.1 degrees Fahrenheit. Yep. Um, and as you get further away from the heating element, obviously it gets uh, cooler. Uh, right before it goes, or right at the last snake, it's 157.2. And then right there at the box where it connects is 155.1. And that's actually the backside of the terminal. So that is actually heat soaked the entire terminal. And now where, what would be connected to the battery of whatever that is now at 155 degrees. So now AGMs have a little bit of an advantage here because they're massive. So they have a lot of mass to them. It takes a lot longer to heat an AGM battery up or a lead acid of, of any kind than it does, you know, a 70 pounds worth of mass to heat up versus seven pounds of mass to heat up. You know, it doesn't have, you don't have to put a lot of thought into that to think, Hey, that's going to heat up a lot faster. So no matter what we do, I cannot, insulate this and since i can't insulate that i can't have you hooking up a heat pipe which a one-aught cable is an, an insulated heat pipe from your <laughs> alternator to your front battery so what if by, you uh, hooked up your ac unit to it and pumped in some freon <laughs> if you water cooled that yeah i don't know you could actually do that um yeah. and, and in a stock case uh if you were to build an air like uh mercedes and some bmws do this now they've started to move them back up front but they build it into the fender so that it has its own compartment air induction. as fresh air. Yeah. Yeah. Fresh um, air induction. And, and those stock alternators just don't get as hot as, uh, yeah. <laughs> high outputs. Like your, your stock alternator is not getting to 300 degrees. Two hundreds. Absolutely. Low two hundreds, two twenty. Yeah. Absolutely. Within the norm and still will impact the light. Like we don't want to see lithium batteries really over 130. And it, it's pretty much the same with sodium. Like, Sodium is not going to explode in your face, but you're going to kill it a lot faster. And I don't mean a little faster. I mean, like, instead of lasting you four to seven years, it's going to last you six to 12 months. Oh, uh, yeah. Cal Calvin asking, is Jeffrey busy working in the Nike sweatshops today? No, he's driving back to Texas. Um, to work in the sweatshop. To work in the sweatshop, <laughs> <laughs> known as car, uh, Crossfire Car Audio. Um, uh, Brandy wants to know if she, she goes, I, I plan on running power in the trunk. So would that handle the delete? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And kind of, so when, 
what can be a little deceiving when we're looking at lithium products and uh, we generally don't do a PVEQ we have on occasion and like we do on the NXT to kind of give people an idea of when they're going to drop below 12. But that's under really kind of special circumstances. Uh, so look at, you want to replace one-to-one. So if you have 60 amp hours or 50 amp hours of underhood battery, you want 50, 60 amp hours in back. You can trim a little bit of that going lithium, but no more than 10, 10 to 15%. Um, so, so people like Brandy, I know her setup, she runs mostly uh, stocks. So she would, is not running anything uh, probably above a 14.8. Is that sodium, is that directed for people that are doing 14.8 and under, or, or, or does it have the ability to go 14, above 14.8? And I'm not talking cold start, but on a regular yeah. charge. So that's, that's another like, that's a really cool thing about the specific sodium that we're using. So there's not just one kind of sodium on the market. There, right there's now. so many salts out there that yeah. people don't understand. Sodium, actually, sodium on a physics It's an umbrella yes. term right now. So yes. we have cells ranging from 1.8 to, to 3.8. And the, the three we're using the latter, the 3.8s, but they can charge into the 4 range still. So you can charge these up to 4.2. We're not seeing much gain above, uh, I think it's uh, four flat. So we're not going to recommend people charge them above that. But uh, realistically, like, like we're really excited because they make a great 15-volt product and they make a great 14-volt product. They start to struggle when you charge them in the 13s, which is where my car charges. Mm -hmm. So I or something like that? Yeah, I 13, well, 13.8 when I have the NXT in. Okay. But when I put the sodium in, it won't go that high. Um, it'll only go to 13.6. And I think that's because the sodium has considerably more capacity than the NXT does. So that, that and the, the ACIR of the NXT is actually lower than the, the 20 still. So uh, the NXT is a really cool product. I, I, I question how long it's going to be around just because of the sodium offering a lot more capacity in the same price range. Mm. Um, you still get a better buffer with the NXT. Like it's a slower drop, but the sodium is so consistent at the same time that I, I don't know. We'll see the market will kind of dictate what product yeah. sticks around uh, for us. Brandy says uh, she has a 14.8 and AGM now and said, thanks for the information. Absolutely. Yeah, um, no, if, if uh, I would look at an energy option, how much power is she looking to run? She runs a uh, smart, Three or five k now, but uh, I know she's charging. I believe on. A, I think she got a new alt. That's when I talked to her. But she runs two twelves. I cool. believe. So but, in yeah, that but, case, I like to replace to put 40, 50 amp hours worth of uh, lithium or sodium in there. It's going to be a little cost prohibitive, in my opinion. Uh, oh, she says the Crescendo fifty five hundred. Okay. So 5,500 starts to get more into bigger territory where you'd want about 40 amp hours. Um, how how big is her stock battery? Is it like a uh, uh, 34? Ten and a cord. Yeah, it's probably yeah, a 34. Yeah, so it's probably, yeah. Might even, yeah, it might even be smaller than that. Yeah, so I, I would think that uh, two of like the MD20s would do really well. Not that you can get them right now. Like, like we released 20. <laughs> We released 20 and they sold pretty much overnight. Um, I'm going to get more of them as soon as possible. Like we're going to be releasing as many as we can, as fast as we can. Cause even being like 
the opening product. They're such an attractive product. Um, they have twice the cycle life of normal lithium products. So they have 4,500 rated cycles. Um, they come in at a better price point than most lithium does. Mm -hmm. And we're air shipping everything in right now. We're not sea boating anything in. We're airing cases. I, I just so, got this shipment. So, of cases. so when you can start boating them in, then the price prices will drop even more. Drop, drop even more. Yeah. Um. Uh, here, let me get to this real quick. Uh, SQ Sounds. They're out of Bridgetown, Barbados. Um. They actually end up carrying quite a few products of uh, people that we feature on the show, and they said, cool. you know, hey, we need your products. Um. That's in Bridgetown, Barbados. That's SQ Sounds. That's Tristan, his cool. wife Trini. Um. Uh, Tri there's Tristan and Tiffany. So his wife, Tiffany, she'll probably pop in here later or not. Cool. Um, Justin Stolman says, I have an 80 amp hour in the trunk and I run, it off, uh, run my car off of it. Yeah. And my car is yeah. not close to stock. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. He says, you can't run an AGM and lithium together. That's done they won't charge true. them correctly. Uh, I run Headway and AGM, and, they, and they're compatible. You you can, yeah. You're gonna have a small parasitic draw, and yes. And here's my here's my kind of asterisk there. If you uh -huh. have a brand new healthy AGM battery, that's fairly safe to mix together. If you mm. have an old beat ass battery of any kind, <laughs> and it's one to rest at 12 volts, and your Headways want to rest at 13, it's gonna pull the Headways down, it and will. that's where you start to have issues. Now that said. You will probably get more performance taking the AGM out if you don't need the reserve. Yes. Because when you take that battery out, all of the power, instead of being split between the trying to recharge the two, all goes into the lithium and you're able to recharge it faster. Yeah, back charge. So, Agree. Yep. So it, it is hooking AGM and an LFP up ideal? No. That's is it lithium gonna iron phosphate for you guys that don't know. And that's what most retail um, or yes. DIY is going to be. We start to look at LTO stuff, but in your regular charge systems, LTO just doesn't work really well. And in my opinion, and this isn't so much an opinion as it's my stated facts, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, LTO does not recharge the same as LFP or NMC. So when people say, hey, I can play all day on my CBAC battery or my, uh, or my uh, headway batteries, but I... I see people playing for 20, 30 minutes on LTO and then their voltage starts dipping. That's very true. We've run those very tests in-house. We set up power supplies. We let music play on a giant stereo for, for like an hour, if it'll go for an hour. Um, <laughs> every single LTO product we had was below 13 volts within 20 minutes to 28 minutes. And that's testing like the best skib 10s, the skib 20s, yin longs, stuff that's on the market, stuff that's not on the market. Um, we tested like 10 different cells in, in those different uh, configurations and every single LTO option after a maximum of a half an hour was, was below the voltage that that crowd wants to be at. So, so that's really good because that leads us into the next one here. Uh, Luke TDC for uh, Valenzuela asked, uh, he's a little late, uh, shame on you. Mm. Um, but he goes, but how is sodium compared to CMAX? So can so, you go over that comparison again? Right now, sodium is going to be a little bit less power per amp hour, but is like it's hard <laughs> to compare because we're we're comparing a secondhand product to a brand new product. So got to keep that kind of caveat in mind. But cost-wise, um, 
it, it's going to be cheaper on a new standpoint. Like it's, it's hard because nobody sells oxide batteries new. Um, okay. But it's cheaper than if, if we were to take a brand new C-Max cell versus a brand new sodium cell, you, the sodium would be much more attractive. But secondhand, you're still going to get more bang for your buck with the C-Max for the time being. Um, there will be DIY sodium stuff out, but that's still B-Stock new. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that, that's still, that still is going to cost more than somebody wrecking their car or a car having its batteries changed out and then them disposing of them and then them going off. I highly believe in recycling batteries. So I'm in no way trying to discourage people from that, but it's just so hard to like compare the value of those two things. Mm-hmm. But uh, as far as safety is concerned, it's worlds different. Um, I, I, I would not want to overcharge my C-Max well, bank. I, I have a question. one of these while I overcharge it. I have a question coming from the professional sandwich maker, according to Lucky McGovern over here. That's right. He, uh, says, he says, I know Dave, Dave Bradshaw is not the co-host. He's my sandwich maker. <laughs> right. <laughs> and Justin uh, says real quick, Justin says, yeah, Dave quit, quit Subway the day you left car audio. <laughs> uh, so, much love to uh, Lucky, man. I love you, bro. Um but there's there's a lot of people that watch these and they see your product now, right? And they have AGMs. What which one do you have is that like the sodium or which model number do you offer that? Let's say people that don't want to run um, uh, headways in the back with their AGM and they want to look at what you have. What would you point them in the direction if they're doing a stock charging system, no aftermarket, no bump, no no bump ups, no no diodes, anything like yep. that. Uh, what would you uh, kind of point them to? So if, at, and I'm weird with ratings, so, but that it makes it easier in the end, promise. <laughs> so, and, and this is actually pretty simple. 100 hertz and down, uh, I have a rating for. 100 hertz and up, I have a different rating for because 100 hertz and up. Different amp draw. <clears throat> completely. Like, and the speed at which it draws, it's totally different too. Yep. Yep, like anything over 100 hertz, assume one-tenth of what your amp says. And I'm not calling your amp anything bad. <laughs> I have tested the most high-end amps and the most over or underrated amplifiers. You're still, like if, if, you, if it sells it's 1200 by two, you're going to pull like 120 watts on your yep. mids and eyes. That's just the way this shit works. The clip light will even be blinking. It's not lying to you. Just how dynamic music is, Anything over 100 hertz has a different rating. We're going to start rolling out a rating system, and it's going to be very clear because I don't want people to get this mixed up. I don't want you buying one of our high-energy products that says it can support like five to 7,000 watts for mids and highs and be like, I'm going to put this on my sub-amp. No, don't. It's not meant for you. It's meant for bike people. And, and like these guys say, they run 30,000 watts on their bike. I, I need to help them accurately buy batteries for their systems. And that's what that number is kind of going to be for. But on the base side of things, back back into the world, uh, anywhere from 1,000 to 2,000 watts, which people may say, I don't think I need an upgraded electrical for 1,000 watts. Nah, you're full of shit. My car is in, with, an, with an excess AGM. I'm at 11.4 at 1,200 watts. So uh, my car supplies a, a total of 30 amps in back. That's not a lot. No, uh, it says it's a 115 amp alternator. So everybody would assume that we'd be good running a 1200 watt actual draw. No, not true. Big story. 
um, car drops into the 11s um, with just stock electrical and upgraded AGM. So for a thousand to realistically 2,500 to 3,000 watts, uh, I recommend an, an NXT. A single NXT 2K is gonna be the simplest solution. Uh, I unfortunately don't have one here. So, so my um, philosophy, Travis, since you know, I, I've been doing this a minute or so, mm -hmm. um, but what I tell people is they need to build it like you're building a house or anything. So you're gonna go stages. You need your foundation. Your foundation's your alternator. And because you, you can't create power, you can't just create power. You need something, you need power to create power. So I always tell them, start with an alternator, then go wiring, and then get your additional batteries. If so there's another that, spot that I differ. Okay, so, <laughs> so please tell me because and so this that's, is, how, that's why I build that way. I, I grew up that way. Okay. I grew up that way. Uh -huh. um, it is more recent, more so me getting out of SPL and more into the retail sector and okay. sound quality sector. Okay. My huge problem with alternators, and everybody I think knows this, they're fucking noisy, dude. Oh, yeah. Every time you put a high output alternator in, you're, everybody's got that. <laughs> we all know it it's Maybe. always there it's it's it's, it's hey then it's your stereo the, ain't loud enough it's one of the compromises <laughs> you make to make a lot of power under your yes. hood it, it just is so i'm not saying that nobody like if you have a ten thousand watt system i'm not telling you not to get a high output alternator that's not what i'm saying now can you get along buying enough battery fuck yeah you can give me a call um but <laughs> then you need but, a charger though yeah, well, you can use the stock alternator, but you need to remember, I got thirty. I got that yeah. thirty amps at thirteen eight. So, yep. and if it splits you know, between twenty batteries, that's not a whole bunch per battery. Leave that car on for quite a while. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So they're only going to take what you're able to put into them. Uh huh. So, uh, so I, I, I don't until we start getting into big power bill, and realistically, that is five to ten thousand watts, depending on who you are, what kind of car you got and all of that jibber-jabber. That's, that's a complex story in that range. Above 10K, though, you're pretty safe to say, I definitely think you need to have a high-output alternator. But we're at a 95% of customers' fault. Probably about 2,500 watts down. Uh, there, we don't... I don't ever recommend an alternator change-out. Uh, and that's because high-output alternators tend to last two to four years. Yes. Uh, kind of depending on how you've maintenanced your batteries, because battery maintenance directly impacts alternator health. Um, if you're constantly starting your car low, even though your your lithium battery will turn your car over at eight volts, that does not mean your alternator likes to recharge that battery <laughs> from eight volts back up, just screaming the entire time. So uh, how you treat it will dictate that. But your OEMs, even when you abuse them, last seven to ten years, no problem. Um, so as far as reliability goes, you're not going to get stuck on the side of the road more than likely with your stock alternator. And now if you have an older car, there's, there's something to be said about buying, a you know, a high output OEM style where you get 180 amps or something like right. that. Um, I, I am not against stuff like that, but as soon as we start shorting diodes out to like double, uh, yep. double our I output think, current, I think my trans am right. So it's a big case, uh, GM mat motor, mm -hmm. right? Um, oh, there we go. Um, uh, that's only 80 amps. Yeah. Right. Uh, because it's a 74, right? There was 
Mm -hmm. I mean, why do you need an 80 amp alternator in a 1974? Yep. It thing doesn't even have a an ECM on it, right? So they want to hit about 50% maximum duty cycle with those alternators. So whatever the car needs, they're going to double that roughly. Yeah. Um, well, so... mine didn't even have a dome light in it for the year I got it. So. <laughs> That's Dude, mine has, mine has roll-up windows, all That's that great. stuff. That was uh, a $4 million great. upgrade back then. <laughs> so, but yeah, to circle back around, the, the, yeah. I, I don't recommend the high-output alternator. And, and cost becomes a thing, too. A 220 costs what four or five six hundred bucks yeah. nowadays okay yeah, yeah. an nxt costs 389 okay. and you get if you charge an nxt at 14.8 most of my customers running like smart 2ks smart 3ks mm -hmm. uh they're staying 13 plus so so okay so, so. let me understand i, I just want to make sure because i can have a different th opinion than you yeah no absolutely but yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. um so, but, but what I'm getting at from you is if you have a lower power system, mm -hmm. you don't need the alternators. You need the alternators when you get up into the higher power, like over yep. say 1500 Watts, 2000 Watts. There's, there's a charge discharge ratio that right. we're usually looking to hit. And there's duty cycles that we're okay. looking to hit also. Um, I don't and, disagree with that. Yeah. Um, what I'm, I'm more talking to is somebody who wants a loud system. Um, somebody that's going to be running a 4,000, a 6,000 watt amp. If you're going to be 2,000 watts or that's less. That's about the point where we tip over for me. Yeah. Like okay. I start to accept high output over 5K. So, so and I'm at about yeah. 2,500. Yeah. Because, and then if you're right around the 2,500 number, I think you should have a battery charger that's designed for the type of batteries that you have. Don't, oh yeah, no. Yeah, don't go to Sears or what? I don't even think Sears exists anymore. Oh, no, uh, they don't. Dude, because Sears used to have the most badass alternators, though. Yeah. Dude, they. Oh, no, they did. They bought. Dude, they had everything. Dude, like, Sears had the best alternate. Uh, best um, not alternators, but uh, battery chargers you could buy, and everybody had them. But anyway, okay. So that's that's so we're similar. Yeah, 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 we might yeah. have different ranges where we're yeah, working. Yeah, yeah, our ranges are a little bit different. Yeah. But like I said, this is. A lot of this comes down to exactly what vehicle we're working with, too. Right. Because some vehicles, you don't want to touch the fucking charge system. Uh, like, and, Oh, yeah. And we sell a lot of products to electric vehicles nowadays, too. Like, probably 10% of our NXTs have, like, found their ways off into a different electric vehicles. Ah, never mind. That's a little high. I think about 5%. 5% <laughs> okay. of them, which there's about 1,400 of them out now over the last year. So it's not a small amount of of them for the test batch and i'd like to say we only have two failures out that's, of that that's awesome that's a yeah. great percentage so, uh, but uh, let's get to uh, luke's question real quick it says it's hard to compare i want to switch uh to sodium when it becomes a bit more mainstream concern is usually how much i need comparatively due to space limitations i play low on the four 20k pit bulls at 0.5 but i don't play uh, between he plays above 50 hertz oh no but i do play between 10 and 50 hertz so he's super low base at half ohm on yep. four twenty thousand watt amps so right. if you were to want mds now he's going to be somebody that realistically wants to wait to adopt the high up high power cells so okay. there's a lot of people that want batteries now and they want the best technology and we're, we're not we're trying not to overcharge for that but as i mentioned we're air shipping everything in so 599 this is a 2000 watt chunk 
standalone, constant draw. Um, realistically, I would say you could you could bump that up to about 3K for your music draws on a sub amp. But uh, per actual 20K amplifier, I would want to see almost 10 of these. Okay. Now, so that's going to give you a shitload of reserve and playtime. We like reserve and playtime. Yeah. You're going to have 200 <laughs> amp hours per uh, uh, 20K. But uh, yeah, uh, sodium, expect sodium to be about 20% larger than an LFP bank or, or your lithium iron phosphate uh normal retail batteries c-max uh i need to like i need to actually get the measurements on like a 200 amp hour bank because i think it'd be kind of comparable but you're, you're gonna pull more out of uh the c-max bank than you're gonna pull out of these current sodium banks the new sodium banks that we have we're bringing in our 20c um we're still waiting on uh the the test patches to get to us okay those are going to be pretty wild so those you'll get a four to six thousand watt chunk in about this size. There so, you go. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So that, that becomes a lot more competitive at that point. Yeah. So so okay. So the article I read about the sodium versus the lithium is, or that uh, the gentleman also uh, that I had on last time, Kevin, um, he said the thing about the sodium is it weighs almost as much as an AGM. But the article I read said that they were doing uh, some integration with like running graphite between the cells and stuff mm -hmm. like that to help uh, get the uh, proper weight. They were able yep. to get uh, more more efficient flow. So using those. is that where we're at now? Like that? So I think what he is thinking of and referring to, and this has been the leader for years. So most uh -huh. people, when we talk about sodium, they don't think about Chinese vendors. They think of uh, uh, Natron Energy out in California. Okay. And they're the ones with the 1.8 amp hour or 1.8 volt cells. Now, the problem with these is they're five amp hour cells and they're about one foot by one foot by like a half inch right. thick. They're five amp hours, 1.8 volts. Mm -hmm. Now I can also pull about 2000 Watts out of that one cell. Now we need like 14 of those cells to build a five amp hour battery or no seven of them. Excuse so now me. you're still like, that's like a train. That's a 14,000 watt. That's a 14,000 yeah. watt, five amp hour battery. Like that's cool and all, but mm, that's going to last all of about 10 seconds. That's basically <laughs> a capacitor at that point. Right. Um, and they have like, I, like their cells are, they have giant copper bars coming off of them too. Nice. So like when we look at the way Natron was doing things and they were actually using uh, a pigment in their uh, uh, cell coating process to create a layer that, uh, We'd have to get really deep into batteries, but they were using <laughs> a a uh, a pigment uh, called Prussian blue, and that was a coating in inside the battery to get the battery to work correctly. Um, not not only that is very expensive, it also is very resistive, which is why the voltage is so low. It kills the potential voltage difference between the positive and negative. Okay. Um, the way the Chinese went about this was more traditional, and they went with a, a layered oxide, which is how most lithium batteries work. I don't know how the Chinese were able to get it to work and nobody else was, <laughs> but the Chinese have been at the forefront for like a lot of, probably 80% of the, the white papers that I read on this um, 
are Chinese uh, researchers. Now, so so hold on, real quick, uh, for people that are not familiar with what white papers are, so oh, in yeah. general, a white paper is a, um, they usually have a graph on there that'll show you the curve that you are getting of how the power as it goes over time or goes over amperage or whatever. So there'll be a curve, so it'll be a physical graph that you can see on how something's responding. And it doesn't have to be just batteries, but anything in general will have a white paper that is technical uh, within physics or anything like that. Yep. And it's, it's researchers' it, documentation. Yes, it, it's, yep. the, it's the documentation so that somebody like Travis or myself or Don or mm -hmm. anybody that understands what those white papers mean and yeah. i'm i'm a weirdo dude i will literally fall asleep a page into a book yeah. you give me a folder like that of white papers dude i'll be yeah. reading that shit all day long technical right? data is dude, so much fun dude <laughs> i just, just love is. that like, stuff right and my wife yeah. freaks out because she's into these romance novels and crap and dude she gets she starts reading i'm like a page into it i'm like oh God. I can't do fiction, man. I, I can <laughs> I, I do a fair amount of reading, but uh uh I've been able to like read Dune recently. I reread uh -huh. that and oh, yeah. that was cool, but man, like ninety nine percent of what I read is but in general the white papers are the technical data that yep. some scientists did an experiment to show you what this particular product is capable of and i think people get a little confused on when we say we've been working on something or working with something that does not mean we are in jy power mixing up chemistries and like <laughs> giving feedback on chemistry to these cell no the only thing we can do is like test the product see if it's worthwhile for us to use and then sit down and become as knowledgeable on everything as we can mm -hmm. so uh actual product design for this started back in November of last year. We started getting wind from our suppliers, like, hey, they're getting ready to ramp up sodium. Mm -hmm. um, and I had just gotten shot down from Natron. And uh, anybody that knows me knows that me and uh, Scotty Johnson of XS are actually friends. Yep. And uh, so when Natron wasn't responding to me, like I had been talking to them for a few years, and then it came time for them to like start selling us stuff. And then they like dropped off the face of the earth. And then I saw they signed a deal with Delta and they signed a deal with a, a power <laughs> systems company. Dude, Delta's like, okay. a big battery company. Yeah. yeah. So like I I'm I don't feel any kind of way that they, they dropped us, like, but I had Daddy Scotty fucking even email him and they wouldn't <laughs> they wouldn't respond to him either. So I was like, ah fuck, we lost this one uh but yeah. like like literally a month and a half later i started getting contacts uh from my chinese suppliers like hey uh we're gonna start ramping up production here's what our projected costs are for this year they're gonna here's the we have a cost estimate out until 2025 of how things should be coming down in cost so yeah. uh we're really excited uh about that so, so that's one of the great things i like about the sodium is mm -hmm. the availability of the salt is yeah. just uh, i mean because in all reality if something were to happen between us and china yeah. in a, on a political standpoint yep. dude there's so much salt everywhere india produces more salt than i think any yep. other country in the world um you know Sodium you can get it from so much easier to refine yeah you can like, get it from turkey everywhere. you can get it yes but 
the problem is like you can get lithium from seawater. We have yep. huge lithium mines here. Yep. Problem is they just found that big one right there outside of Henderson. Yes, yes. And and we actually have the biggest lithium mine going up in between us and Utah. Okay. Uh, they're, they're, they've got some uh, zoning rights issues. They're, they're going to end up passing it. Uh, lithium's too important. And no matter what happens with sodium, lithium's still going to be important. Uh, so, like, but to, to put this into context, back <laughs> about six, seven years ago, lithium carbonate so, was. Hold on, real quick. Steve Willis goes until someone no, has uh, someone, until no one has any sodium. Uh, just, I'm sorry to tell you, Steve, the oh, ocean's no. full of sodium. Yeah. In case you didn't know. No, no, I think, <laughs> I think, uh, oh God. What, Maybe he's talking more supply chain, but, um, even then, like, like that's the thing, uh, where we can extract lithium carbonate to the level that is usable mm -hmm. is actually very small. There's lithium carbonate everywhere, but refined high quality lithium carbonate that you want to use in lithium batteries is not available everywhere. Right. High and, quality sodium is available everywhere. Yeah. And, so, and it's so difficult to mine lithium too. The chemicals you got to use just pollute the environment. Sodium isn't so bad, but it's, no, the, lithium it's cobalt. Is. Uh, or, because, no, no, no. The lithium isn't as bad as people think it is. No, no. It's because the, the chemical problem, you need to put it together with to pull it. To you, separate that, it out. That, That's the, where the, the problem lies. The ethyl uh, – fuck, I can't. It's an, <laughs> it's an ethanol is what you're talking about. I do know what you're talking about. The mm. the uh, the problems for me with, with lithium products aren't actually the lithium. It's like the cobalt um, and the nickel. Nickel oh. isn't ethically a problem, but it is a cost problem. Right. Uh, cobalt is an ethical, ethical problem. problem. Absolutely. Yeah. I will not. I will not work with cells that use cobalt. I mean, if you can prove to me that it's ethically mined, because there is ethically mined cobalt, oh, okay. but you have to prove to me that it's not coming out of the Congo. Um, I do not want slave mined stuff in any of my batteries ever. Period. <laughs> I'll shut the company down before I fucking choose to engage in any of that. So, yeah. and hey, don't get me wrong. My fucking phone. I can't do anything about it. You can't buy a phone with, without <laughs> buying a battery like that. Like, like right. we all participate in it slightly. But anything yep. we can do not to, obviously, we need to fucking right. do. But but like um, I said, the the we were talking about you know the supply chain for the supply chains for yeah, the so sodium is going to be so much simpler. That's going to drive cost. The availability to pull it. Um, and, and like we were talking about earlier, there's so many different types of salts out there. It's not just your table salt right that's that is a salt um but there's so many different salts and so, the mixing of the salts and whatnot could be can produce actually higher energies than what we get even now you know is that accurate for what you've been seeing yeah and to i guess to put this into context so uh sodium is 2.6 percent of the composition of the earth and a lot of that is available in the sea and, and on the outer crust Lithium is 0.002%. <laughs> so yeah. that's not a lot. Hundreds, hundreds, thousands of times magnitude difference. Yep. Uh, so yeah, no, like, like, don't get me wrong. There is not a robust supply chain for sodium right now. No. But if you want to look on like where I would put my money to invest right now, <laughs> not even so much like, like hitting me up and be like, hey man, you, you guys are making sodium batteries. We are so in the middle of the supply chain if you can find companies to invest in in sodium bicarbonate, do it. Do it. Really? Cause, yeah, because lithium bicarbonate was uh, 10 years ago. I think it was going for like 
four thousand, five thousand dollars a ton. Uh, it's at like seventy or eighty thousand now. That's a pretty big material jump just yeah. due to demand, and that's with mass increases in production. Mm -hmm. uh, sodium, I don't think it's going to jump that high, but sodium's also ridiculously low yep. right now. Also, like it's it's a quarter of where lithium even started. Yep. So even if we saw the giant price hike it would still be orders of magnitude cheaper. Well, when Kevin was on here, he was actually talking about um, sodium batteries actually getting below the cost of uh, of your standard acid. AGM. A yeah. No, you're not even AGM, standard acid batteries. I don't know when we'll see that, but hear me out here. I uh -huh. think we'll, we will have power products comparable to AGM power products within five years. So you'll be able to buy like a hundred amp hour, five hundred dollars sodium, like twenty C battery to power your twenty thousand watt stereo for like five hundred bucks. Yeah, and it'll be safe, and it'll last a long time, so and like it won't be terrible for environmentally. Like, yeah. like I'm really excited for the long term. I, I will tell you, like I said, I'm I'm dumb and I read them white papers and like that kind of stuff. Um, so that, that's actually what I was reading was one of those white papers. And that's what made me get Kevin on here, dude. Yeah. I read that stuff and I was like, dude, yeah, I got to see more about this. It, it is really, it is really amazing. Like, and, and, like yeah. the fast rechargeability, this is yeah. really hard to get people to understand because we abuse the living shit out of batteries and nobody <laughs> measures the temperature of them. Dude, we are a battery that. manufacturer's nightmare. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like car audio is like one of the most strenuous things you can do to batteries realistically. Yeah. Um, charging <coughs> and discharging at the same time is not yes. a typical application thing. When, when, when we tell battery companies that we do this, they're like, what? Yeah. Like, leave the battery testing up to us. We'll determine whether it works or not. <laughs> like, like we don't need your engineer's help on that. Yeah. Um, no, yeah. like when I had Kevin, I actually talk, met Kevin almost three years ago. And uh, he was. He seemed like a really intelligent guy. Oh, he dude. Stuff for LFP. Absolutely. Oh, dude. He, he knows he's been on the forefront of that. I think he said yep. 17 years or something like that. But. Dude, nah, probably not quite that long. No, but... he, he's been working. Oh, no, he's been working in batteries for 17. And okay, I think yeah, yeah, been, yeah. Uh, uh, lithium for 10. Okay. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That's what he said. Because he, yeah. he introduced it. Yep. Right. And so uh, with that, you know, I met him, like said, three, maybe four years ago. And we were talking about stuff. And I'm like, dude, okay, here's car audio. And this is how it works. And he's like, yeah, that's not how batteries work. Yeah. I'm all, well, they absolutely do work that yeah. way to an extent, but we, goes, yeah, to make we don't them like work. that. <laughs> we have to make them work as safely as possible um, yes. and last as long as possible. Uh, and like, like that, that shows in our designs. Cause like we actually design our batteries. Um, you know, we're not gonna call anybody out, but like not a lot of battery companies actually design their own batteries. And that's just right. a, a blanket statement to, to a lot of the battery mm -hmm. industry. Um, we actually do R and D work for, we can't say like exactly who, yeah. but through other entities, we do battery teardowns and critiques. Um, and I charge, I charge like $150 an hour for testing to do it. Um, that's a cool job. Just yeah, <laughs> no, we, we tear down batteries and we test them. And, and these aren't short testing sessions either. They, we put 20 to 30 hours into testing a pack a lot of the time. And they, they're sending us failed packs a lot of the time to figure out what Why has failed. failed. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I will. I, I'll tell you right now, Optima, um, yellow yeah. top, blue top. Uh, what's the other one? Red top. 
Yep. They don't. They have nothing to do with the manufacturing of their battery, other than their name being put on it. They bought the IP. That's and right. And they sent the IP to a factory, yep. and they've moved it around. It was a really great product at one time, and it now, was. And then it kind of, like, it started getting a really high failure rate. It's still <laughs> the one of the most powerful AGM oh, designs. And, and and you know what? You can train those, and they do work mm -hmm. really well, but they only work well for about four to five months. Yep. Uh, we would literally get two sets of batteries for the season. You would get one set of batteries that you would run until points cut off. Then points cut off, you got 30 more days before World Finals. Yep. And then you would start training Switch those and start set. using fresh set for World Finals, right? Yep. Um, Wood, Woody, Woody McDonald popping in here said, does JY Power NXT 2KF have a noticeable improvement uh, to a 20K stereo system? Over no. what? Absolutely not. Don't do it. Don't do don't it. Do oh, it. that's where you were. That's the smaller one you were talking about. Don't yeah, don't that's our 2000 watt. That is our, no, you would need a considerable bank. Actually, so good, good. Uh, Segway. I think you may know this competitor, uh, uh -huh. Tom Holland. Uh, I, he's out, I he's out by him. us. Okay. He's got the blue Mazda. Okay. Uh, so he does, uh, he does base wars also. And uh, he does like a 61 and some change. Uh, I can't remember what his sub setup is exactly, but he runs like six incriminator 40.1s. Okay. And he had a 200 amp hour uh, Yinlong 35 bank. It was like 220 or something like that. And I'm like the 35s are kind of mm, <laughs> on, on uh, what they're able to actually do. So he would see after five or six minutes of music, he would see 11 volts. Um, oh. Yeah, and he has a high output alternator. Uh, I think it was, he tried a 280 and a 350, but in that Mazda, the, the smaller alternators work better. Right. Um, well, you got to power them by the hamster wheel. Exactly. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so and, and then the spot it's at, it already gets really hot. So, um, but, uh, so he added seven NXTs in, not one, but seven. <laughs> and uh, he saw like a two and a half volt improvement. Now he spends most of his time at 13.5 and uh, 13.5 to 14.5. So now, now, do I recommend everybody with 20,000 watt stereo come and buy seven to 10 NXTs from me? No. Um, <laughs> we release a lot of them on B stock. So like we do have customers that, that build giant banks. So we sell, uh, we sell B stock units once a month for around 250. Uh, and if you can build a bank out of those, you can get a pretty competitive, like a bank of seven ohms like this big dude. Yeah. I mean, like, like <laughs> NXTs are little itty bitty things. So like so, if you run out of space and you can't fit anything else, you could start looking at NXTs for sure. So, so what what did you think of his solid state batteries that he was talking about, Kevin? Solid state scares the living shit out of me still. Um, Why is that? Puncture testing. So he was saying <laughs> that's what he they're specifically puncture testing theirs, and that was what the whole thing was is uh, why they're working on putting them in cars is they can use them like sound deadener. They can put them throughout the vehicle because in, in a crash and impact and puncture, see that's what zero zero uh, safety. Theoretically, issue. that was what it was supposed to be. Well, that's what we he's have, saying. His at least are that, and maybe, developing. maybe, and like, there's, there's different. There's, there's right. so many people different working on solid state that I could be in my own bubble here uh -huh. too. How I mentioned at the beginning of the show, where right. we kind of end up in our own bubbles because there's so many different people working on so many of the same problems. Yeah. Um. So we were testing five amp hour solid state cells out of Taiwan uh, last year, and they had some really cool power characteristics. Um. They were really small and energy dense. 
Um, but when you put a nail in one of them suckers, they got to like 1300 degrees. Oh, damn. Yep, like melts the steel hot. Yeah, 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 yeah. So hotter than an MC. Like now you could overcharge the shit out of it. You could over discharge them. Um, up until you created a dead short inside of it. Um, and it just got worse over five amp hours. So in some other solid states that I hadn't seen advances in yet, which doesn't just because I haven't seen them doesn't mean they're not there, but, uh, they were working on putting like something in the oxide layer that would, once you dead shorted, it would actually physically split the two layers it was an expanding uh-huh. foam or something like that. And if they've incorporated something like that, then that's really cool. Um, I, I, there is a place in this world for solid state batteries. Um, mm. And there's some new ones being launched by China in the next two or three months called condensed solid state, where they're actually getting up to 500 watt hours a liter, um, which like power LFP, we're talking 200. So yeah, so that's more of the lines he was talking about too. So I don't know yeah. if he's working with them and if it's in the five hundred range, he's probably talking about cattle's uh okay. condensed. Uh but for me they had some key words in their announcement that like told me they weren't gonna be for car audio. Okay. Um, maybe not EVs, because we're talking completely different. Right, right. And EVs, and he was definitely but... talking about EV yeah, yeah, versus yeah. car so, audio. So, and, and when it's built into the system, it's, it's a different, different conversation also, right. but these condensed batteries, they're pitching cattle is specifically, and cattle is a battery, actual battery cell manufacturer. Mm-hmm. Um, they're pitching these for the airplanes, mm. like electric airplanes, which I think is really cool. But what does airplanes say to you? What is every, what is an AGM battery for an airplane cost? Um, Do you know how much no it costs? Idea. No. So something the size of this that you can go online and get for like $130 for an AGM battery costs uh, $600 for an IATA approved battery. Damn. So when you say the words condensed lithium for aerospace, um, you better start making it fucking rain before you even <laughs> think about like looking at the spec sheet. Uh, yeah. Uh, anything to do with aeronautics right. is, is prohibitively cost expensive. Um, and it being so new, I still expect that. So yeah. where I see a lot of this to shake down is sodium is going to take over the $30,000 and down EV market and stationary, oh, okay. high-end stationary stuff. Um, LFP, lithium iron phosphate, is going to fall on your thirty. To sixty-ish thousand dollar, maybe up to ninety with really nice trim levels or an SUV or something like that. Maybe mm-hmm. trucks, uh, but then you're gonna see what they're using now, either the NMC or NCA, and your solid states kick in above that, where you're gonna want five hundred to six hundred to seven hundred miles of range built into right. a battery, um, a real cross-country. Uh, before we get this charge infrastructure built up, a real cross-country car. That you can make it from coast to coast on like almost a charge type shit. Yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> yeah. Like but, the the insane demands of trying to recharge something like that quickly, though. <laughs> um, we're talking like a, a town 
yeah like a small town yep uh yep. to recharge a tesla quickly uh let's say you wanted to recharge your 100 kilowatt or kilowatt um tesla mm-hmm. let's say you wanted to charge it in 15 minutes that's gonna take like six hundred thousand fucking watts <laughs> of sustained that's... power yeah. yeah so you would need your own transformer for that Basically. You would need so you would need multiple transformers for that. Every everybody talks about the power grid taking this, and I don't think that's where we're at. Like I don't I don't think that's even a come close to a reliable solution. It but isn't. with sodium being dirt cheap, uh, why can't we all build like gas tanks into our homes and into stations where there's a big battery bank or capacitor bank buried mm-hmm. underground, and that's what you're recharging on and off of, and that's trickling off of. The uh, the, the uh, regular grid, the regular grid, and yep. whatever renewable we Sol- can fucking solar shove in or whatever. Area. Yeah, yeah. In Iowa, so, uh, solar doesn't make much sense. Wind right. is like fifty five percent of the grid there now. Hmm. Uh, and Iowa's you don't hear about brownouts in fucking Iowa. <laughs> so there are ways to introduce renewables at a cost effective level mm-hmm. where they're not a troublesome thing. But like, I'm all about putting range extenders in. Put a little fucking tiny generator into every single one of these cars to get over people's range anxiety. Gasoline's going to stick around for at least a decade, two decades, three decades Uh, in some way, shape or form. I think it's way longer than that because we just get we get so much power per gram of. Yeah, but some of of it's wasted. I know it's uh, my personal uh, favorite uh, technology out there right now is um, hydrogen. Uh, The byproduct is water. I mean, it's a phenomenal. Hydrogen is great on paper. Oh, it, it, dude, it looks so good on it paper. Is. And, and like even, I said, I love reading that even stuff, making right? making functional prototypes. The cars are cool. Now, yeah. Now, unfortunately, the cars are physically gigantic because they are because the, the, the energy density yes. per size sucks on helium yeah. or not helium, but hydrogen. Uh, hydrogen. Uh, it's, it's horrific. Right. And that's um, the number two element in our atmosphere, right? Yeah, I so, know. And there's tons of it. Yeah. The problem is logistics. Uh, the the amount of power it takes to crack hydrogen into or crack oil into hydrogen or split water into hydrogen is so high that we would need to four times the grid to be able to power our cars with hydrogen. No, so no. So that was, that was the cool thing. Did you see that new thing that came out? I don't know, a month and a half ago, two months ago, whatever. They found a way that they're actually gaining en- energy now by cracking hydrogen. So well, before oil, it was a, it was able a, to do that. They, it was oil, a, they no, are. no 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 they're able to take a hydrogen atom and split it like an H three and split it and yeah um, but do you know how they get H three out of hydrocarbons? Yes. So I, hydrocarbons are oil. Oh. Is that yeah. what? Okay. See, <laughs> so that I didn't know. I'm just, I'm just yeah, looking. No. I'm just looking at like what I they're said, saying, in, right? So, but the they were able papers, to. It makes a lot of sense. So they were able to. It, it's always been a net negative, up to mm-hmm. this point, on um, cracking hydrogen. Yeah. But they finally found but it's a way. Been the most efficient still. It's still the most efficient, but now yeah. they found a way to get a net positive on it. Now it's minute. But still, but that's that's a minute. Huge. I mean, it's like it's like you know. First, we're rolling around on square wheels, and now mm-hmm. somebody came up with a round one. Um, 
Now, how to implement that wheel hasn't been invented yes. yet. But now, instead of people putting square things on their uh, yep. carts, they're putting round ones. You know, and that, that's I, it's depending that on how we go about all of it. I think that there's ways to crack hydrogen uh, from oil and still <laughs> reduce the overall carbon footprint. Because as long yeah. as we're not burning the hydrocarbon, like that's yep. kind of the big deal. If you turn the rest of it into plastic that then we keep reusing and recycling as much mm. as possible, which gets done a lot less than we're led to believe, <laughs> but um, completely separate subject. Uh, but if, if, if we're not specifically burning those straight into the atmosphere, we have a net positive effect. Um, yeah. So I, I, I'm about splitting it up different ways. The problem is the cost to set up the infrastructure to wow. just do hydrogen, like to replace every gas station with pressure. Oh, that, that'd be, yeah. Tanks, yeah. So. we're fucking in the same boat that we are yeah. with evs like so that's why i'm like all ah, right he's already headlong into ev so like I, we just I, need I, to figure it the fuck out <laughs> <laughs> like somebody yeah. somewhere has got a solution uh we just need to find them but yeah. I, like i said i think i think range extended gasoline is going to mm. be viable for at, at very bare minimum at least a decade so, so um, i i believe the last time i saw you in vegas when we had that dinner and whatnot uh, we ended up getting off on tangents like this too. I just, oh, yeah. you know, it, it's a like-minded thing. And when you get around people that think like you, like, you know, when I get around Wayne, um, I don't know if you've ever been around Robert Zeff, uh, Scott Atwell. Um, well, yeah, Scott, Scott, I'm around a fair amount. Yeah. yeah so, I mean, dude, it, 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 it's so easy to get off on. I mean, dude, we ain't even stoned and we're talking like we're stoners, yep. you know, just, dude, <laughs> check this out, man. I'm going to draw this up, you know. Um, yep. and, and I totally get into that and I love that stuff. Uh, but I do realize my audience isn't of that. Yeah, we uh, might have glaze over too. Yeah, we, half, we, of them, half of them are stoned, so I think you're okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, just, it's just, you know. tech is really cool. No, it's, it's easy to lead off into other sectors though yeah um uh, for sure you know i don't know if you saw the one i had steve decker on here um uh deckware uh you know who deckware is uh the death box and the wicked one the so anyway and i 100 percent that whole show was about me i didn't get congrats <laughs> i don't care who watched it listened to it whatever um that was a guy who inspired me on how i design and build boxes to this nice. day Oh yeah, that's um, cool. So you know, and like this conversation with you, dude. I, I could go for hours. Oh, for sure. You know, you and I can have discussions, and, and obviously we don't have to agree. Um, no, and it, like I don't, I don't awesome. have any problems with different different opinions, yeah. and that's like there are some things that I'm like, hey, these are solid facts. Right. Like I hook a heating element up and I measure the end. <laughs> that is a fucking fact. Don't fucking argue with me about shit. <laughs> Now, where the direction of what battery is going to go where in the yep. future, we're all kind of reading tea leaves here. Yeah. And we're all kind of hedging bets. Like, I hedge bets in multiple areas. Yeah. I had new HP 40s designed oh. with new uh, LFP cells. There's really cool EVE 22 amp hour cells. And we were going to make the new HP 40, a new basically the HP 45, mm -hmm. and it was going to have the same, actually, a little bit higher power rating. But the size was over half the size. It was shrinking by like 50%. So, and it was gonna actually come back in at the old uh, $899 price. So like there was some really cool shit that like we had on the table there. Uh -huh. We had three different cells and we didn't know what was gonna pan out. But as yeah. we kept getting closer, it was like, man, 
sodium seems to be going in the right direction. I, like they're saying I appreciate samples in December. All right. Um, Dave, hit him with our last question and then we'll go over the, where people can get a hold of you, all that stuff. Oh, you're talking to me? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that, Dave. <laughs> I was just about to just, you know, just put the camera down. <laughs> uh, all right. So, uh, question we always ask what is your definition of a base head uh my definition of a base head who is uh honestly somebody who has uh spent a lot of time and passion and energy into uh getting into the car audio scene it's not just about subwoofers for a lot of these guys um there are a handful of people that are but if you're huge into this, the car audio scene and you have huge passion in the car audio scene, you're a bass head. Yeah, there you go. You're going to ask them what the definition of a battery head was. <laughs> yeah. We don't got it last hour. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So, um, yeah, when you were like, oh, I think we might run out of content. You guys, watch out. I was like, fuck, we're running out of content. <laughs> don't worry, bro. I got you. I, uh, no, no it, was, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't about running out of content. It was... Um, quality content like yeah. dave asking questions in the background you know before we came on um when he asked that then you tend to forget about that when we come live yeah, so sure. and, and it and the the answers and information you were giving him was definitely um you know of of high quality that i would want to be produced out on the show so yeah, and I, I thank you for uh you know answering my questions and i know there are some related questions that people had that were here absolutely yep. yeah um, so where do people get a hold of you, Travis, or your products or whatnot? So most of our products are sold through dealers, uh, brick awesome. and mortar dealers, actually. So um, we do have a handful of listings still on Down for Sound for our online community. But we're talking like wire holders and then accessories, stuff like that. But uh, uh, our products can be found through our dealer base, which you can actually get that on our store link. Or we have 120 dealers nationwide now. Awesome. Uh, and if you are a dealer looking to get in touch with our product, we have the best, and I, I do not, I'm not hashing words there. We have the best dealer program of any battery manufacturer out there. Um, get a hold of Mad Distribution or 12 Volt Marketing. Uh, 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 is that international also? Because uh, Tristan and them from yes. uh, Barbados, they would be the ones that would be interested. Mad Mad handles their uh, their semi integrated part of the company, so Mad will handle all of our distribution. I will also be accompanied in some of those international negotiations and stuff like that. But uh, our main point of contact is Mountain Audio Distribution. So, okay, nice. very cool. Um, Dave, anything last words for you, sir? Yo yo yo. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, nothing here. Just looking forward to going to the 3X show this weekend. So okay, uh, pretty much on the horizon right now. Okay, and for me, I'm going to say talk about that 3X real quick. We're going to be at Mello's Auto Repair. I texted his dad to let him know, Nyman's dad, to let him know that we were going to be there this weekend in case, you know, as, as some people know, um, Nyman's brain doesn't work quite as well as it used to. I'm not saying that's, you know, to be negative towards the guy, just – it is what it is. Um, the guy's really trying, and he's doing steps to make his brain work better and whatnot. And so, um, you know, I appreciate that with him. Uh, but, you know, um, shows still needs to go on. And um, 
with that being said, uh, like I said, I've contacted his family, and uh, they're aware that we do have the 3X there this weekend. Uh, Rusty Flowers with DC Audio has given us a pair of Level 112s to raffle off at the event. Um, we'll decide what tickets are. My guess is they're going to be probably two or three bucks a ticket. Um, uh, uh, Tristan says he'll definitely be contacting you guys for sure, Travis. So, um, but, but um, yeah, come check out the 3X. I, uh, Justin Stolman is saying that it's the only 3X in the world this weekend. So if that's the case, that if somebody sets a world record at that event, they will have the world record. So it'll be an opportunity to do the world record. Uh, we're doing a kind of a hybrid deal. It'll be 1X trophy, 2X cost, 3X results. So um, it's going to be a little hybrid thing. We're reducing the cost. Uh, uh, Moses Martinez is paying for the upgrade to a 3X for that. So you guys come out, get your world records at this event, get your points for world finals. Um, yeah, so it's a night show too. It's so a night show at Mellows. So mm -hmm. if you haven't ever been part of one of those, you definitely um, is a good idea to be part of one of those. They're they're Make great. Sure you time. have your neon hooked up to your JY power. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but other than that, that's what we got going on. We got a three X this week, um, and then I think we're off for a week, or the following Friday we're back in. Fresno. I think it's the following Friday we're back in Fresno. Jay's Alarms? Yeah, Jay's Alarms. Oh, no, we're off one weekend and then Jay's Alarms. So um, so we'll be back in Jay's Alarms after that. We'll get Jay on here or something. We'll talk about some more stuff. Uh, but all right, guys, uh, keep Moses. Uh, Moses is having a little hard time right now, him and Rosa. Uh, they did happen to lose their dog um, a couple days ago. So, uh, you know, um, your buddies with him or whatever, he's not responding to his cell phone or anything like that. So uh, just when you see him, you know, throw an arm around the guy. He loves his dogs. Uh, if you guys ever been out of his house or whatever, you definitely know what, you know. So anyway, uh, all of us have had a pet, you know, most likely that have uh, not been around and it's tough on us. So um, anyway, uh, oh, I just want to mention real quick, we did try uh, – all these little scratches on the screen that that actually says Joel somehow um, not sure how that says Joel but that's what it says anyway so he's been coming to our shows doing the pank it out with the stump the stunt walls oh, he's the one from the Philippines right Philippines yeah so he does a little stunt wall we doing pank it out so he's the only one doing that right now out here it's it's an interesting way to go about doing a stereo system um, but yeah stunt walls are cool you, you like the stunt walls huh I have a stunt wall in my. Uh, we're we just we're starting on it today. I oh. have Crossfire XT tens, Sundown ECXs horns, doing an active three way. <laughs> hey, at our shows we're doing pankadows now, so That's that cool. uh, the stunt wall is the way to go. Hell yeah! So, cool. but what's it called, Doug? Pankadow. Well, that sounds like some you would hear in anime or something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, similar regions. So, so he he said that meant. Uh, loud music or something like that. Oh, so it's a Filipino word. Yeah. Okay, I thought it or was it's a Brazilian word actually. Brazilian, so right? yeah, so it means like loud music or something like that. Okay, I thought we were um, talking anime. All right, Comic Con. Right. <laughs> gotcha. So anyway, um, but yeah, uh, once again, I like to thank everybody for tuning in. We went a little extra long this time. Uh, I knew I would with Travis. Uh, we had the same issue when we got together in Vegas. 
Um, you know, whenever I get some somebody that's smart in the room with me, I I kind of take try to take advantage of it. Well, thanks, uh, Doug. You know, I, I try. Guy <laughs> <laughs> questions too. I I, I, I true. Well, I truly do. I always want to be the dumbest guy in the room. I truly. I try to today. be the dumbest. That was me. That was me today. Dude, <laughs> Lucky freaked out when I get a technical guy in here. Oh fuck! I don't know what I'm gonna do. Just go get a sandwich, sit here and eat it. <laughs> I almost did the I almost did the show like this. I just <laughs> so. But I do thank you guys for tuning in. We're going to get Absolutely. this thing online again. Um, hey, guys, we'll see you guys next week. Or if we don't see you Saturday at the show, Mellow's Auto Repair. Um, once again, shout out to uh, SoCal guys. Freaking uh, uh, 63 entries with uh, 40-something cars. Awesome. Good turnout. Let's get those guys up here to World Finals. Um, anyway, we'll see you guys. Oh, wait, one more time. Thank you to our sponsors, Voodoo Customs, Crossfire Car Audio, and uh, Puns Customs out of Minnesota. And like I said, if you guys get an opportunity, if you guys get an opportunity to support someone, support the ones that support us. Uh, if you guys want to support, just contact me or Jeffrey, and uh, we'll get you the pricing information for that. Once again, thanks guys for tuning in. We will see you next right. week on Take this care. week in Car Take Audio, five thirty California time, the only time that matters. West Side. All right, take you guys next week. Later.